Moreover, when you look at what's going on and you look at all the uh, social justice warriors and the, the blacks in these cities, they look like a bunch of crying, crying little babies having a temper tantrum. Do you think Jesus is going to have a conversation with a bunch of crybabies? I wouldn't do that with my kids. If they're sitting there crying based off a lie, you're not being fair to me, Dad. I should be able to do this. You haven't given me that. I'd say, sit down! Right? And that's what Christians ought to be doing right now is sit down, shut your mouth, and obey the Word of God. Okay? But their message is, well, I'm, going to have a di- I'm not going to have a dialogue with a bunch of lying, crying babies that want to burn and have excuses to burn up cities and their rampages and so forth. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. So would Jesus have a conversation with somebody like that? No way. People like John the Baptist would go down there and say, Repent! Repent of your sins! Repent for being an animal burning up cities! Our current events message this week will be titled 2020, a year of trial and testing. You know, 2020 has been a bizarre year. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. I mean, five months ago, everything seemed normal. And then COVID-19, a virus not much different than the flu, hits and our world is turned upside down. Governors issue shutdown orders, toilet paper runs out, food shelves are empty. um, And in the middle of all that, Black Lives Matter and Antifa begin rioting, burning down cities, and tearing down monuments um, while calling for defunding the police. So, and I know many of us are sitting here watching all this and we're wondering, you know, what the hell is going on? You know, this is, this is crazy. Have people lost their minds? Are we in a different dimension, a different world or something? Um, it's almost as though the, the gates of hell were open and there's a bunch of demons just flooding our country, making people go wild, okay? But, you know, and just a year ago, Just a year ago, it was unpopular to take a knee during the national anthem. But now it's becoming unpopular to not bow down, not bow the knee, and affirm your loyalty to Black Lives Matter and the radical social justice Marxists. Okay? Um, An example of that we're going to talk about here real quick. Uh, Major League Baseball. They put a statement out, a tweet that says, Today and every day, we come together as brothers, as equals, all with the same goal to level the playing field, to change the injustices. Equality is not just a word, it's our right. Today we stand as men from 25 nations on six continents. Today we are one. Okay, there's that globalist theme, you know, we're equality, we're all one. It's a, it's, it's a radical socialist Marxist um, ideology that we're all one, we're all equal, there are no differences, there shouldn't be rich, there shouldn't be poor, there shouldn't be black, there shouldn't be white, you name it. Shouldn't be men, shouldn't be women, shouldn't be gay, straight, we're all just equal. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's amazing. Why are they promoting globalism and not Americanism? I mean, Major League Baseball was thought of as the, you know, the, the sport of for America, you know. Um, apple pie and baseball, you know, are kind of the American traditions. But now they're promoting globalism and um, anti, well, it, they're not doing it openly, but anti-Christian, anti-white propaganda. Um, 
it's amazing. It's amazing how things have changed. So here we got all these guys bowing down their knee, holding a black cord, okay, for black people and black justice, supposedly. Um, and uh, this guy, Keith Birmingham, I don't know if he must be a sports commentator, he writes, he tweets, Dodges and Giants kneel in solidarity for Black Lives Matter prior to opening night of Major League Baseball at Dodger Stadium. So they're all bowing a knee. They're all bowing a knee. Um, and he, here, um, what was this guy? What team is this guy from? Anybody, uh, the Giants. The Giants, yeah. Um, I can't remember his first name. Uh, Sam Coonrod, yeah. Sam Coonrod was the only one to not bow a knee to the radical, socialist, Marxist, Black Lives Matter agenda. And this is his reason for saying, uh, for doing it, um, or his response. He says, I, uh, Coonrod tells reporters that I don't think I'm better than anybody. I'm just Christian. I'm just a Christian. I can't, I believe I can't kneel before anything but God Jesus Christ. I chose not to kneel. I feel if I did kneel, I'd be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Okay. And um, I, I saw other people post um, last night. They said that his Twitter account has now been shut down. Now think about this. This is a perfect response. They don't want people um, saying this, this kind of stuff, because they want everybody to submit. They want everybody to bow down. They want you to bow a knee and wear a damn mask, right? Bow a knee and wear a damn mask. Do it now. And he went against that and his reasoning was perfect. No Christian should ever bow down before an, you know, uh, before an idol like Black Lives Matter, social justice, anything that, uh, is not uh, of God, okay? Anything other than God. And so he's absolutely right. That would be idolatry to kneel down. And all those other baseball players that were doing so were bowing down before an idol. Yeah, there wasn't a physical idol out there, but they were doing it. They were going along and uh, paying respect to something other than God. Um, he, they, uh, so let me see here. I'll go down to here. He says, I can't get on board on a couple things I've read about Black Lives Matter, how they lean towards Marxism, and said some negative things about the nuclear family, he said. So Coonrod was spot on. And um, because he did this, now, of course, what do you think is going to happen? Now he's going to be ostracized. This divider, this, this guy, this mean, bigoted, racist guy would not pay his respects to Black Lives Matter. Okay? So Sports Illustrated says uh, in their uh, article titled, Giants, Sam Coonrod explains not kneeling for moment of unity. I'm a Christian. And then uh, the headline, uh, subheadline here is, in Friday's Hot Clicks, a Giants pitcher hides, hides behind his religion. The Seattle NHL franchise, land, okay, da, 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 and Friday, okay. All right, those are some other, but they said that he hid behind his religion. That's what they're going to start telling us now. If we don't bow a knee to 
uh, all these false agendas ultimately bow a knee to the beast, take the mark of the beast and all those other things that go along with it, um, you're just hiding behind your religion. You're using Christianity to promote bigotry and hatred. Okay? Um, uh, you know, people will accuse you today, I get accused of it, uh, uh, of being divisive. People, some people that know me say, they see me on Facebook, they say, you know, your comments are pretty divisive. And my response is, hey, the, in a society that is so anti-Christian, anything I quote from the Bible is automatically divisive. I don't have to try to be too hard. I can just pick up and read anything in the Bible, and I'm divisive. Unless I spin it and cherry pick only the love, love, love verses like uh, the mainstream church does. Um, so anyways, I mean, this, this, uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to us. God told us that these times were coming. Um, you know, the three Hebrew children were thrown, or I always call them the children, the three Hebrews, okay? Uh, I don't know if they were children, they were teenagers or older. The three Hebrews were thrown into the lion's den for not bowing down before the gods of Babylon. Okay, remember when all those musical, six musical instruments played, and they said, at the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sack, put, and psaltery, everybody must bow down and worship the gods of Babylon, okay? And these three would not do it. Everybody else did. And they were thrown into the den of lions for that. Now that den of lions is figurative of us being thrown uh, into persecution here today. Okay? Us being, what, what's up? Wasn't it the fire? The fiery furnace. The fiery furnace. Right. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Thank you. I knew it must have been important when you had your hand up there. I knew you didn't want to just cut in. I knew I screwed something up, so uh, thank you. Yeah, the fiery furnace. The fiery furnace, okay? Um, and Daniel was thrown into the lion's den for not uh, uh, obeying the king's edict uh, uh, in, a similar, uh, in a similar situation, okay? Um, so anyways, that's where it's going. Um, at the same time, every, now you're, you're a weirdo if you don't kneel down, you're, hate, you're a hater, you're a bigot. At the same time, we're being forced to kneel and post black and show our support for Black Lives Matter. Now every state is forcing us, or not every state, but uh, more than 30 states, their governors have now passed edicts requiring that their citizens wear face masks in public. Um, so what the, I mean, this is bizarre. What's going on? It's obvious when you have these different things going on at the same time, somebody is trying to control us, okay? They're doing it on purpose in probably preparation of something much greater than just a mask and bowing down before Black Lives Matter, okay? It's, uh, it's called conditioning. They're conditioning you for uh, obedience and, alt and um, uh, submission, be obedience and submission. Okay, so, um, you know, we hear from people from our liberal friends. You know, I, I see them on Facebook. I've got some liberal friends in the community that will post all the, every, every day they're posting all this stuff about the why you need to wear a mask. And then they get frustrated once in a while and they just write, just wear a damn mask, you know. And, um, and, and those of us that know, we know what this, I mean, you're talking about a virus that kills less than a percent of people and, and only is really harmful to those that are elderly or have underlying health conditions. And then on top of that, there are a lot of, there's a lot of medical evidence that suggests that masks don't work anyways. 
Um, in fact, they can actually help you become unhealthy by all that bacteria building up in there that you're constantly breathing. But so, you know, uh, we, have to, we have to endure this stuff. It doesn't make any sense yet there. Well, the World Health Organization and even I think uh, one of our government officials in the, I don't know if it was the CDC or something, just not, not too long ago said, you don't need to wear a mask. So, I mean, there, uh, there's some really crazy stuff going on. Um, they'll, they'll tell us, oh, it's just a small price to pay to wear a mask. Why don't you just wear a damn mask? Uh, you're going to kill others. You're going to infect others. All these fear tactics, okay, to get us to submit. Um, all right. Well, we know I've talked about it before in the Bible. Any biblical Christian knows this, that only the sick were quarantined. You didn't make the whole society wear masks and go through all these crazy measures to stop a disease, you simply quarantine the sick and practice good personal hygiene. That's it. That's it. But they make it sound so complicated. They've got all these charts, these diagrams, and flattening the curve and all this other nonsense, okay? But you know what's interesting is while I'm going to tie this in, we got to bow down to Black Lives Matter. They're telling you if you don't do that, you're... you're a hater, you're, you're a bad guy. If you don't wear a mask, you're a hater too. You want to kill people. And um, while all this is going on, um, it seems as though, uh, you know, it, 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 I'll say it this way. It's convenient that people have to wear masks because um, now criminals like Black Lives Matter and Antifa can get away with doing the rioting and the burning and so on. So it's a kind of, it seems to be all tied together for a, to, for a plan. You know, they can get away with all of their stuff because now it's not weird to be walking around with a mask. Six months ago, if you're out in public wearing a mask, you're thought to be some kind of a criminal, criminal up to mischief. Now you don't even know who's the bad guy or not. And you can't even identify them with cameras and so forth, or it's very hard because they're all covered up. Legally, it should be illegal. It's crazy because during a time like this, it should be illegal to wear a face mask with all the looting and the burning going on so we can see who the hell people are. But yet, they're doing it. And I think it's for a reason they want to hide their identity. And we learned about it in the Army. One of the first tactics that you learn in basic soldier skills is uh, cover and concealment. You know, try to hide yourself from the, from the enemy. Um, and I think that's what they're doing. I really do. Um, also, what's very disturbing about it is child predators now can, uh, can uh, get away with, uh, you know, you go to the park now, and if there's somebody, if you're watching your kids, and all these people are wearing masks, masks out there, um, and they kidnap your kid, how are you going to identify them? So it, 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 what this does is it actually, I believe, it's, it's purposely promoting lawlessness. Bad guys can hide themselves and get away with it. And, uh, and, and it's all part of a Marxist revolution to overthrow America. Okay? It's done on purpose. That's why they want everybody, one of the reasons they want everybody wearing masks. It's kind of a win-win for them. So now we're thinking, okay, so why is this year so crazy? Why are people like... Brain. I mean, you look. At, I look at the mask, and it's like a symbol of control and brainwashing, and 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 so forth. Well, the Bible talks about, and and all these people just mindlessly uh, bowing down to Black Lives Matter. You know what's going on? Well, the Bible talks about these times, and it calls 
the condition that uh, the people would be in as being under a strong delusion. They're, they're delusional. Okay, and Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse one says this: Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. Okay, he's saying, I want to tell you about what it's going to be like when Jesus returns, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. He's saying, hey, a lot of the people back then were thinking, oh, Jesus is coming any minute now, any moment. He's saying, I don't want you to be confused. There are some things that have to happen first. Uh, Some things that I think we're actually seeing right now, believe it or not. Verse 3, he says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the Son of perdition. Okay. So he says the, the end's not going to come. Jesus is not going to return. And he says, I don't want anybody to, to deceive you. That's very strong. That's a very strong statement. It won't come until there's this great falling away or a great apostasy. You know, what is an apostasy? What does apostasy mean? It means if you profess to be of a certain belief, if you profess to be a Christian, you, um, you fall away from being a Christian, okay? And that's what the church, the church is in that right now. We are in a great apostasy. Um, verse 4, who opposeth, and this is another verse that uh, totally delegitimizes the rapture theory, okay? Because Paul said, I don't want you to be deceived. Jesus is not coming back until after the great apostasy, Okay. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In other words, he says the Antichrist will come first, he will deceive the world, and he will claim to be God. Verse, skipping on down to verse 10. And he says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Okay? Now, this is where people say we're divisive. We're divisive because people are going to hell. And you don't want them to go to hell, so you have to jar them sometimes by being a little rough, by uh, telling the truth. You know, the sword, the Bible... Or the Bible, the Word of God is is likened to a sword in Ephesians 6. And it's meant to cut, to divide, to be divisive. It's not meant to bring unity. It's meant to cut the sin away, to expose the evil and bring unity among the brethren of Christians. But our job as Christians is not to be loved by the world. It's not to have a brotherhood of unity like Major League Baseball says of 64 nations and whatever else. We're, We're supposed to be separate from them. Okay? We're not seeking to unite with them. We'd like to unite with them if they repent and follow Jesus. We could unite that way. But until then, we want nothing to do with a brotherhood with them. They're not my brother. Okay, These people bowing down to Black Lives Matter, they are not my brother. And, and all those Major League Baseball players kneeling down are saying that these are their brothers. Okay, That's, that's absurd for any Christian to say that. As a Christian, no one is your brother, unless it's your physical brother, spiritually or 
Metaphorically, no one is your brother that is not a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, they can be your brother if they are, uh, you know, you, if, if a black and a white person are Christians, yeah, there's a brotherhood there. They can be brothers, but not a, not a Christian and an unchristian. It's blasphemous. Okay? Second um, uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11, And for this cause God shall send them, this is what I came here for, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You know, look at these people. They are under this strong delusion. And why did God send this strong delusion? Because they did not love righteousness. They wanted to believe lies. So God says, fine, I'll send them this. I'll, I'll make them so deluded they'll believe the most ridiculous lies ever. And they'll actually end up worshiping the Antichrist in their foolishness. So we wonder, why is 2020 such a crazy year? Why does it feel like everybody's like uh, three-fourths or I don't know if it's three-fourths, but a lot of conservatives are get weak. But at least half of our nation, why does it seem like half of our nation are like zombies? This is why. This is why, because they don't love righteousness. That they all, now check this out, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay? So, you know, when people say you're divisive for being a Christian, you absolutely we are. We are supposed to be divisive. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, I don't think that I've come to bring peace on earth. I've came to bring division. And in other words, in another place, he said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. Okay? People are going to hell. If we join in this brotherhood of unity and all this grand uh, uh, bag of lies, this, this, this grand bag of delusional lies, we're going to end up going to hell. And I don't think anybody wants that. But we don't talk about hell anymore. Because that's not politically correct. Nobody goes to hell. God loves everybody. Right? Uh, well, okay, so Matthew chapter, uh, another example of why things are so crazy this year. They've been building this way. It's not like it just happened, but it's gotten really nuts this year. Now, now check this out. When Jesus says this, Matthew 12, verse 43, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Now you can think of America in its founding. I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it was Christian. Uh, the pastors were giving messages like, you know, from the Bible, like hopefully you hear at Christian Overcomers. Um, but then we went into the secularism where we started removing God from society. So we started emptying Christ out of our house, out of our nation. And, and then the unclean spirit that used to be there, uh, now he sees that it's empty. What is he going to do? Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is gone, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Okay, again, secularism. No God, we're just non-religious, we're just a secular society. Um, and then I forgot the rest of the verses. <laughs> but I can explain it. So, um, the next several verses he comes in, um, actually this might, I, I can't remember, no this isn't, so, excuse me. What happens after this is the evil spirit comes back into the man and he is actually infected 
with seven times more demons, okay? And it says the last state of the man was worse than the first. Now I could go all the way back into Western civilization and you had, you know, you had some bad, bad leaders among the Christians and so forth, but overall, paganism was defeated for 2,000 years since Christ came as, as being a world superpower. And, um, and now, Paganism is coming back. All those demons of paganism are coming back into the house, and they're not just coming back like they were before, you know, like during the days of Rome, but they're probably going to come back seven times worse than they were before Christianity even began. So, in other words, I could sum this up. Western civilization has had 2,000 years of Christianity. It's forsaking Christ. We're in a great apostasy. We're in a strong delusion. And seven times more demons from back before Christ are coming back now. So, and, and that's why Jesus says it's going to be a great tribulation. We're going to go through a great tribulation such as has never been before and neither shall be again. Greater tribulation than even the apostles had to go through. Think about that. That should sober us up like right now when we realize that. Um, we're headed for some crazy times. I mean, we're just looking at the beginning stages, I believe. You got these guys bowing down. Just wait till they start killing people for not bowing down, for not submitting. Wait till they try to come into our house like they did in Sodom and Gomorrah and barge into your house and try to, um, you know, violate your family or kill you. It happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. You guys remember that? All those sexual deviant perverts gathered around the house and they wanted the two young men who they didn't know were angels, they wanted to violate them. They wanted to rape them. That's how, what our society is getting like today and probably end up being worse. I mean, when you look at the dangerousness of these mobs and how the evil spirit can just take over a mob to do crazy things, um, that's demonic. That is demonic. All right, so I already read that verse. Um, I will go into this. So we're talking about division. Oh, no, this is the verse. Okay, I'll just read it since we're here. Uh, then it says, Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. Now, it's not just talking about one individual man. Jesus says this, Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. Okay, that's why I said it feels like the pits of hell have been opened and they probably have. That abyss or the abusos of Revelation chapter 9, it talks about that angel coming down and unlocking that abyss and all these demonic locusts come out of the pit and things get absolutely crazy after that. Um, and something interesting, the year 2020 if you just break it up and add it, and you can do this with biblical numerics, biblical numerics, and there's, you know, it, we're expected to be able to know that you can play with numbers like this. Um, it's another topic for another time, but look at 20 plus 20 equals 40. 40, every Christian knows, represents uh, tribulation. It represents being in the, in the wilderness. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 uh, years, being tested and tempted and proved. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted of the devil. So I feel like this 2020, with, when I see that, and I see, what, I see what's going on in, the, in our country and around the world, I feel like um, we are in a year of testing. Okay, Some people, a lot of people, 
are bowing the knee. They've already failed, just like the children of Israel. Most of them failed right away. Uh, while very few, like Sam Coonrod, only one standing. Okay? Now that might be Sam Coonrod yesterday, but that'll be us tomorrow, you know, at some point in our life. We're going to have to be the one standing. Um, as far as trial and testing, the book of Daniel. Um, Daniel 11 verse 32 talks about future trials and testing for the saints, for, for God's elect, for Christians. And he says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant, against the Bible, okay, those who hate the Bible, the leftists, the Marxists, and so forth, shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now this is what's encouraging. I mean, we... Jesus says there's going to be a time where, you know, you think about the apostles. They went out and they were able to actually raise people from the dead and do some healings. Well, in the end times, God says he's going to give us power, some powers, and we're going to be doing some amazing things in the midst of this tribulation. So it's not all just going to be we're just taking hits. We're going to be giving some back. We're going to be giving some hits back. The two witnesses will be striking the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Uh, fire comes out of their, uh, they can bring down fire upon their enemies and, and things like that. So it's going to be an exciting, powerful time. So that's why when I see all this stuff, I don't want to just get depressed and say, oh man, this is terrible. We just keep losing. Because I, I do, I, it does bother me, obviously. But at the same time, I know that we get to finally reach our calling, what we were called for. We're going to finally get to do battle against the enemy. Verse 33, And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. It means we're going to be doing a lot of teaching during this time. There's great opportunities right now. Sam Coonrod is an example. He's able to, uh, his witness or his testimony went out to millions of people, I'm sure. And they shall, and yet, even though we're given all these powers, to do these things and, and great exploits and teachings. Yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame and by captivity and by spoil many days. Okay, So there will be some hard times. There will be martyrdoms. Verse 34, Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many, now check, this is what we need to be aware of, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. Okay, I can already see this today. People saying, you know, can you soften your message a little bit? You're a little bit divisive. You know, flatteries. And they come up to you and, you know, try to get you to join their side. Why don't you just have a dialogue with Black Lives Matter? Why are you being so, shouldn't, as a Christian, wouldn't that be what Jesus does? Wouldn't he just go and talk to these guys? And you know what my response is? No way. Jesus is, these guys are building this um, injustice and all this, uh, all these cries of racial injustice off of lies. Okay? There, it's, it's all a bunch of lies. It's, it's all a bunch of lies. So why would Jesus go have a conversation with, some, with, with somebody who's um, promoting a bunch of lies? Moreover, when you look at what's going on and you look at all the uh, social justice warriors and the, the blacks in these cities... They look like a bunch of crying, crying little babies having a temper tantrum. Do you think Jesus is going to have a conversation with a bunch of crybabies? I wouldn't do that with my kids. If they're sitting there crying based off a lie, you're not being fair to me, Dad. I should be able to do this. You haven't given me that. I'd say, sit down! Right? And that's what Christians ought to be doing right now is sit down, shut your mouth, and obey. 
the Word of God. Okay? But their message is, well, I'm, gonna have a di- I'm not going to have a dialogue with a bunch of lying, crying babies that want to burn and have excuses to burn up cities and their rampages and so forth. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. So would Jesus have a conversation with somebody like that? No way. People like John the Baptist would go down there and say, Repent! Repent of your sins! Repent for being an animal burning up cities! Not, oh, let's just have a, a, a conversation. Let's talk about this. You know, as Christians, we're not uh, psychobabble psychologists. You know, we're, we're thus saith the Lord. It's repent, be saved, stop your damn sinning so you don't go to hell. Okay? And then we'll love you and you can be part of our brotherhood and we'll be nice to you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I had to add that in, otherwise I'm too mean. Um, all right. Anyways. Off of my ranting there a little bit. Um, Verse 35. And some of them of understanding shall fall. Now this is scary. This is what we don't want to happen. Some of them of understanding shall fall. I mean somebody who knew the truth, who knew better, is going to have a moment of weakness. To try them, to test them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. I look at Drew Brees. I'm making a stand for, you know, he did it like twice. He's like making a stand for something. And then all of a sudden he backs down and he's apologizing and he's with them. Okay. So there's an example. You don't want to be a Drew Brees. You don't want to get up there and say, I'm going to stand against, I'm going to stand for God. And then end up apologizing and, and licking Satan's boots, you know. Um, so um, to close this up, if you think 2020 has been bizarre so far. Uh, just wait till this fall. We, we haven't even ended this year yet. This fall, no doubt, is going to bring some crazy things. And we need to be mentally, spiritually, and physically prepared, I believe. Anybody have any questions or comments? Oh, I was thinking that Jesus would have a dialogue with Black Lives Matter, just like he had a dialogue with the money changers in the temple when they were... Uh, mocking the God's temple and everything. He didn't really have much of a dialogue there. Yeah, the only dialogue he had was he made a whip of, what, nine chords? That's a that's a uh, very uh, lethal, I should say lethal, but a hurtful weapon. He came in there with that whip, started whipping them and ripping up tables. <laughs> that's what Jesus would do. That's what I'll put up, you know, people wear those bracelets, what would Jesus do? Well, in that case, that's what he would do. But they they don't ever present that side of them, and that's Satan's way of making us all, taking us all out of the fight. It's, you know, it's kind of like the mask wearing. Everybody wears a mask and the criminals can get away with it. If every Christian just promotes grace and love and unity, then nobody fights against Satan. My wife brought it up the other day. Um, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about a Christian... It describes a Christian as a warrior with a shield of faith, with all this body armor on, and a sword. Well, if all you're doing is saying, well, Jesus loves, he promotes faith, uh, forgiveness, and unity, that's not part of the war. You also have to combat lies. You have to stand against wickedness. Um, it, it, it's a multifaceted thing. Obviously, we do show grace. If somebody's a sinner, they're, let's say they're a drunk or a prostitute at the bar and you meet them and they're like, my life is falling apart. I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't even want to live anymore. And then that's the time you don't say, yeah, you probably shouldn't live anymore. You're a worthless loser. You know, you would say, you know, you'd extend grace. You'd say, hey, 
have, have you ever gotten into the Bible? Did you do you do you, uh, do you, you know do you know that Jesus loves you and you can be forgiven and you can be accepted? That's the time for that. Okay, but to go into church every single Sunday and hear the the limp-wristed, spineless pastor up there preaching salvation and grace messages, he's not preparing anybody uh, for any of these things that are coming. What about the time when Jesus called somebody a fox or something? Yeah, he called uh, Herod. Herod was trying to uh, scare Jesus into not teaching, and Jesus basically told uh, one of his messengers to go tell, go tell Herod, but he said, go tell that fox that I'll teach today, tomorrow, and the next day. And basically there isn't anything you can do about it. Um, and uh, if I, I decide when I'm teaching, where I'm teaching, and you have no authority over that. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, there are all kinds of examples. We called the scribes and Pharisees a uh, uh, bunch of hypocrites, snakes, vipers, uh, you name it. So... The other thing was, and you kind of mentioned it, but the conditioning. It is interesting to me that the two things that they talk about in the Bible about Antichrist and, and the end times is, one, you have to bow to the Antichrist, and two, you won't be able to buy or sell. You won't be able to you know, be involved in the economy, basically. And that's the two things that are in kind of like Antichrist light. Right. Or, you know, if you don't have your mask on, you can't go into a store. You can't buy. I mean, you can still do it online. Like I'm saying, it's a light version of it, but it's being conditioned. You have to have the mask to be able to buy and sell. And if you don't bow your knee to Black Lives Matter, you're you're not getting your head cut off yet, but you're definitely uh, ostracized and looked at as a horrible human being. So, the two things that are going to be there are already here in a lighter version, which is kind of mind blows my mind, really. <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and to add on to that, you also have the social distancing, you know, and so you got masks on, you can't see people's faces and emotions, you're not supposed to touch people. Um, there's a scripture in Matthew 24 that says that in the end, the love of many would wax cold. So it does, it, it creates, it starts separating us from each other. And that's, I believe that's designed so that we're not feeling the love and everything that makes people more depressed or lonely. And then what do they need? They need somebody to help them through this. Who's going to help them? The Antichrist will come. And then all of a sudden everybody can be together somehow. Um, but they're creating this loveless society and this hate, all this hatred. And uh, they're the ones creating the division, really. It's Satan that creates it. If people would just submit to God, uh, there would be no division. But see, the enemy, what they're trying to do... They say, well, if you just submit to us, then there's no division. So one way or the other, one group wants the other one to submit. Um, and ultimately, God wins out. If every knee will bow, and those who don't will be cast into the lake of fire. Um, so, yeah, there really is no middle ground. We're not in a middle ground age. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If so, please like, share, and leave your comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my friends, stay in his word every single day so that you can be a Christian overcomer.